0: It just seems like yesterday that Justin and Anna were were with us for their first time here at Midway, and Eddie made some comments during the adult Bible class that we had here in the auditorium, but to see the work that has progressed uh, since that time has been uh, tremendous. And if you get an opportunity and and would like to talk with Justin and Anna following the Service and as as uh, we eat in the fellowship hall downstairs, please do so because it is amazing that Justin and correct me if I'm wrong have an agriculture degree. Is that correct? That he is using that to help the Lord's kingdom and uh, through that being able to help those who are in Africa to develop some skills in planting and to be able to increase their crops from what they were. To hear what he had to say in Bible class this morning is just a tremendous blessing, uh, I know, for for them, Justin and Anna, and also for those who are in the uh, Tanzania area that they are working. Uh, So, without further ado, we'll go ahead and let Justin come on up to the podium.
1: If you uh, would, open your Bibles to Romans 12 here in a second we're going to read from verses three, three through eight um as you're turning um i'm i'm thankful and excited to be able to be here with you this morning um me and my wife and i love to travel around and get to see everyone again and get to visit and, and fellowship with the different churches as we're traveling um and uh we're just we're just excited and thankful that we can be here with you today um i'm also excited that i get to get to preach a little bit um most of the time as we're traveling, I'm, I'm more presenting the work. And so I'm glad for the opportunity to get up here and preach and uh, get to step out of my comfort zone a little bit. I learned to preach in Africa. Uh, my first sermon ever was over there, so I'm, I'm used to having a translator up here with me. Um, that's beneficial to me because when I speak, someone it and what I said, no one knows what I, what, no one hears the words that are coming out of my mouth. They don't understand them. So that helps me a lot because I'm not a great orator of words. I get fumbled up a little bit and sometimes what I say doesn't make a lot of sense but my, my translator usually takes care of that for me. Um, so if you would, bear with me as we, we, we go through this and as I'm learning and as well. Um, this, uh, most people that come over get nervous about speaking with a translator but I love it because you can get your thoughts together, you can look at your slide, you can make sure what you're saying is, is what you want to say but here you've got to continuously keep talking. Um, those of you that get to know me or know me know that's not my talent and that's my wife's talent she does most of the talking in the family, and so having to do this is a little bit different. Um, if you will, let's start today looking at Romans 12:3 through 8 The title for the sermon today is, is Seize the Souls. Um, as we're going through this first part of this, you're going to have, not have a clue about what, why I chose this topic. You're going to be thinking, no wonder he doesn't preach very much. Um, so, but bear with me, hopefully when we get to the end of this, you'll understand where I'm coming from with this topic, and that uh, we can hopefully learn from this together. Um, if you will, Romans 12, verses 3 through 8 is what we'll be reading this morning. It's, and this is from the ESV. It says, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think,
0: but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned.
1: For as in one body, we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one to another, one of another, sorry having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let us use them if prophecy in proportion of our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teachings, the one who exhorts in his exhortion, the one who contrib- contributes in his generosity, the one who leads with zeal, and the one who does acts of mercy with his cheerfulness. Paul uses the same imagery to several different churches. He uses it in First Corinthians 12 to the Corinthian church. I'm um, Ephesians four seven through six. He's talking to the uh, Ephesian church there in Ephesus. this idea that, that, the, that the church is, is part of a body, that each, excuse me, that each individual member is part of a body, and we all have a function to serve for that individual body. So everyone has a role, everyone has a function to, to perform in benefit of the whole church as a whole. Um, it's our job as Christians to use these gifts to build each other up, to encourage one another. As Christians, we belong to each other. We minister to each other. We need each other. And we're all essential for the spiritual growth and maturity of the body of the church. Now, the thing is here, we all have different gifts. We all have different abilities. We all are important, though, when we use those gifts and use those abilities to strengthen the church, to strengthen your kingdom. And so that is one of the things I want to talk about here today. But in the church we see two different types of people that go against what, um, what Paul is saying. And my wife's back here, you didn't click the slide. I get to talking and I forget what I'm supposed to do. So there was Romans 12:3 through 8 sorry about that. Um, I just seen her over there click, so she tries to keep me straight. Um, so today I want to look at some, two different people that we see in the church who, um, who kind of go against what Paul is teaching here. Two, two mindsets that a lot of us have that goes against what Paul is teaching, that we all matter, that we're all together, that we all have to use what we have to, to encourage and build up the, the church as, as a whole. The first one we'll see in Romans twelve three. 3 here. Um, we've already read this. It says, Not to think of himself too highly than he ought to. As humans, we're taught from the moment that we're born by society to be proud of ourselves, to the American dream to pull ourselves up by our boots and, and make something of ourselves. If we work hard, if we go out and do things, then we can become whatever we want to be based off our own abilities, our own talents we're taught to be proud of our education our jobs, our houses, our cars everything in society as far as when you're watching TV as you're reading publications all those things that we see day to day teach us to be proud of our own abilities to be proud in our own accomplishments but the Bible teaches us something different in 1 Corinthians 1-31 it says let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord why is Paul saying that here? What is Paul's reasoning for saying these things? And it's it's because God is the giver of these gifts. We did not earn these things. We did not do these things ourselves. God, our Creator, gave us these abilities and gave us these gifts to be used for Him, to be used for His service, to be used for His church, to be used for His kingdom. And it's our job to do that. Now, pride in oneself, pride in one's own ability can be a dangerous thing both for our own Christianity and for the church as a whole. When we're doing things to, to be seen by others, when we're doing things to to glorify ourselves, and this is not beneficial to our own spiritual life and it's not beneficial to the church, but when we're doing things because we love others, when we're doing things because we care for others, that's when the church grows. That's when our faith grows. That's when our love grows. And that's one, one thing that we see that people do that goes against what paul is teaching here that all of us are important all of us have roles and jobs to do for the benefit of the, of the kingdom now the other person i want to talk about and i want to spend most of my time talking about today and i think i forgot to switch the slide again you know, i did it right that time um is found in matthew 25 14 through 30 um we're not going to read this whole reading i'm going to kind of paraphrase this thing but this is the other, example that we, or the other example of some people that we see in the church that's going against what Paul is teaching here. Now, in Matthew 25, 14 through 30, most of us know this story, uh, the story of the talents, where the master is, is leaving town and he leaves money for three different servants. Um, and for the first two servants he left money, those servants went out and used that money to double what they had been given. And so when the master came back, the master was, was excited, he was glad, he was thankful that they had done these things. And because of that, he would praise them and then put them over more things. Now, the guy I want to focus on today is that last servant, the, the one-talent man, as we call him in the parable. Um, now, I want you to notice a few things about this man. First of all, it never really tells us in this parable that this guy is a really bad guy. Um, basically, all it says is that he, he was afraid, so he went and hid the, the talent or the money that he was given because he was afraid. Now, does it doesn't say that this guy was this great sinner. He was a great blasphemer was out teaching false doctrine and was this terrible man the one thing that we're told about him is that he was afraid and that because he was afraid he did nothing with the money that that the master gave him The why I want to talk about this and why I want to look at this is because this guy used to be me this is a picture of me five years ago and and this one talent man used to be me five years ago and since this picture a lot of things have changed other than just I have hair now there's been, been a lot of things that have gone on in my life since these five years that has really changed. You know, when five years ago, um, I never would stand up and preach in front of people. Um, I was scared to stand up and talk. I was scared to preach. I was scared to teach. I was scared to even do the Lord's Supper. Praying was not something I ever volunteered to do as well. Um, it was just something I was not comfortable doing, and I didn't want to do it. Um, I never told anyone about the gospel. You know, that was not, that was not my job. Um, you know, we have preachers to do that We have elders to do that We have deacons There's older men who were smarter than me That could go out and evangelize other people You know, that, that wasn't that wasn't my job to do So I never did that It was something that I never did You know, I did come to church most Sunday mornings um, If I could find a way out of it, I did But I would, I would come to church most Sunday mornings Sunday night, Wednesday night um, I always could come up with something to do Rather than go to church um, when I did attend church, and I'm not making, please do not get mad, I'm not making fun of the people in the back row. I always sit on the back row. And as soon as the last prayer was said right before amen, we would get up and head out because we wanted to get something to eat. You know, that, that was what I did five years ago. That was something that I, that I, I didn't, wasn't worried about going to church. I went to church to keep up appearances, uh, basically. Um, it just so happened that when I went to college, I happened to pick a college where... Um, there was a lady that knew my mother and so i had to attend services on sunday morning i didn't know she was there before i got there but once i got there i didn't go the first few sunday mornings and she called my mom and told on me so then my mom called me and said why are you not at church on sunday so i had to show up on sunday morning luckily she was an older lady so she was not able to get out on sunday nights and wednesday nights and because of that i was not able to get out on sunday nights and wednesday nights and so that was that was my college life i'd show up on sunday morning. Um, If I ever saw on Facebook that she wasn't feeling good, sometimes I would risk it and not go. Um, But So there was always that. Now, then after I got married and we moved back home, I made another bad choice of where we decided to live. I happened to live on the road that my mother had to drive by to go to the church that she went to. Um, We were attending a different church at the time, so the first few times when we attended, we attended a different church. So my mom had to drive right by my house. So every Sunday morning, my car was still there. She called me and said, why are you not going to church? And so we we did learn from that. I was a little bit smarter. On Saturday night, we pulled the car around the backside of the house. So when she went by, she thought we were in church. And so, see, I I did a lot of effort to make sure I didn't have to be there. Um, To be honest with you, I I grew up in the church, but my my faith was was kind of my parents. I was a Christian because my parents were a Christian. I never built my own faith. I never had my own faith. I never owned my own faith. And it was only because of my parents. And I never took going to church seriously. And so this was, this was only five years ago. We're not talking about this major chain in 10, 20, 30 years. This was me five years ago when I was doing everything I could not to come to church. If there were functions, I didn't want to be there. I always had something better to do. If there were things, get-togethers, I always had an excuse for why I could not be involved. But how did that change? How did I go from you know being this bald-headed guy standing up there with a goat to having long hair and being able to stand up and preach to you today? You know, how did I go from never sharing the gospel to anyone to
0: I've had you know, hundreds of Bible studies with
1: people how did that transition happen how did I go from being this one talent man who was afraid to do anything to this man who travels around I preach tons of times in the states now I preach in Africa I preach in several different places but I get up and do it Why, how does that have changed in such a short time well it all started and this is not some grand thing you're going to think you're like this is crazy but it all started because of food to be honest with you. Um, One of my talents is eating. I love to eat. Luckily, my job um, is really hard manual labor a lot of times, so it keeps me slim. But I I love to eat. I'm a man who uh, is a good friend of ours now. He's a really close friend of ours now because he's the one that kind of brought us back into the church. He invited us to go out to eat with him after church with the college-age kids. Um, So we were not really attending. He would drive an hour out of his way. He would pick us up, drag us out of the house, carry us to church. And we would go because after church, we would go to Chattanooga and eat and eat uh, dinner. And there's a lot of good places to eat in Chattanooga. If you've never been up there, it's, it's a great place to go out and eat. So I was super excited about that. So just by sitting in that class and this man you know, using two hours every Sunday and Wednesday to come and pick us up, we started building these relationships with these kids. Because of that, it led into other things. We started helping with some inner city work. Then we got into that and started liking it. We started um, doing some stuff with a food pantry uh, with the church that had. And then from that, the man who was teaching those classes then left, and he went on um, to have a full-time uh, ministry somewhere else. And I got kind of thrown in to have to teach those classes. It was not something that I was comfortable with. It's not something at the time that I really wanted to do. But I was thrown into that position because there was no one else. So I started teaching the, the college-age classes. See, you can see this progressing, this progression of things, and then. Um, Brother Gary who was, uh, he was at the time he was back and forth um, in, in Chamala which is southern Tanzania he had to go back and pick up his stuff and he asked us to go with him so we went to Africa with him and, and fell in love with it um, when we came back we were approached by the man who asked us to come and, and do the farming project Brother Cy Stafford who asked us to come do the farming project in Arusha well you know even at this time when we were asked this you know we made excuses you know what are we going to do with all these animals that we have, we, we have a house, what are we going to do with this house? You know, there's, there's all these things that you know, we just can't get up and, and run off and leave all these things that we're doing and go to Africa. Well, those are the two main things that we use as excuses after that meeting. Um, so this meeting was on a Saturday. We drove all the way to Hattiesburg. Um, on Monday morning, when my wife walked in the vet's office that she worked for, there was a note laying on the table. Um, that note said, call um, this lady who was interested in, in looking at some of our meat rabbits that we were raising. And uh, Anna called this lady, and she was talking about wanting dairy goats as well. And by the time the conversation had ended, this lady had agreed to buy everything that we had on the farm. So she bought all 250 animals and then came and got them and took them all to her farm. So we were complaining on the, you know, Saturday that there's no way we could do this. On Monday, all the animals were gone. Um, so they, that was out of the way. We couldn't make excuse about that. Well, then on Thursday of that same week, there's a lady at her work who was getting married about the same time that we were kind of throwing around going and she wanted to know if, if we do do mission work, if she could rent her house from us. Um, so we ended up leaving right after her wedding so that she could rent her house. That's why we left so fast. We did all this in about six months and we did that so that this girl could rent her house right after she got married. So it's funny when you, when you look back at these things and you make excuses the way God kind of pushes them out of your way. Then that's one point that I want to make about that story of the talents is that when the, the one talent man was rebuked by, by the Master, what happened to that one talent that he had? That talent was given to one of the other men. See, when we give the things that God has given us, when we use the talents that God has blessed us for to serve Him, when we turn those things over to serve Him, we're given new talents. We're given more opportunities. We're given new opportunities to do different things just by being faithful in the little bit that was given. You know, I, I, could, I didn't think that I could go out and... and Trained preachers. I didn't think that I could go out and teach others. I didn't think I could stand up here today and preach. But I thought, you know, I'm I know farming. I could go teach these guys to farm, so then they can go out and preach others. The minute I hit the ground, um, two days into being there, one of the preaching, one of the guys over the school said, um, one of the guys backed out. We need you to speak. So, you know, you're the missionary. You know how to preach. Well, they didn't know that. I never preached before. I came to be a farmer. And so after being in Africa for um, four days, I spoke in front of over 250 people at a leadership conference that we were having. There were people from all over the world. They were meeting and expecting this great speakers to be up there and it was my first time ever. And then two weeks later, um, the first campaign group comes in. Well, because of some things that happened, Brother Si, he had to leave and, and we were the ones on the ground at the time Daniel had been gone. So we were asked to you know, carry these guys around. So I was forced to start doing my own Bible studies after two weeks of being there. And so now, because of that, um, and at first the translators had to help me a lot you know I was like you know what do I do what do I say I was nervous I was scared I was uncomfortable but I did it and so as we're faithful with some things God starts opening more doors for us to be faithful with more and so you can see from there just by giving our turning over the farming agreeing to go help someone with the farming stuff has opened more doors for me to preach to teach whereas I would never speak to anyone now um, just going out in public, I have conversations with people about the Bible. That was something that I never would ever do. Um, if you know me, I'm a huge Alabama fan. Um, and so I can talk about Alabama football from here until whenever you want to stop. And so that, that was something that I was passionate about. I loved sports. And so that was something I always wanted to talk about. Well, we were in Kentucky um, a few weeks ago. Um, I was speaking at um, a congregation there in Bowling Green. Um, fought, my grandfather was ex-military, so I cannot stand being late. Um, if he said be there at 9 o'clock If you weren't there by 8.30 He was calling you That you were, not, you were late to his house Even though he told you to be there at 9 And so I am always I always want to be early earlier I get nervous And so we, we actually showed up for this meeting About three hours early And that was my fault Because Anna was like We don't have to leave yet And I was like No we have to get on the road And so of course she was right We get there about three hours too early And so um, we're sitting there He's like what are we going to do now So we went and got some coffee And we started walking around the mall well, of course, my wife, she likes to look at shoes. And so we were walking through the shoe store, and there was a, a young man that was kind of following us around, asking us questions, and I had my Alabama stuff on. And um, we were talking, and he was like, roll Tide," And I was like, roll Tide, man. He's like, where are you from? And I told him, I was, actually, I was from Alabama, but I actually lived in Africa. He was like, whoa, that's cool. What are you doing there? And so that conversation turned into we started talking about the Bible. And then as we were talking, he ended up giving me his uh, email address, and we're friends now on Facebook. And while I've been in the States, We've been communicating back and forth about verses and things and helping him study the Bible through social media. Now, if you'd have known me five years ago, as soon as someone said, Roll Tide, that was you know, a two- or three-hour conversation about Alabama football. It never would have led into anything else because that was what I was most passionate about at the time was sports. And so as you transition these things, as you start giving these talents over to God, as you start using these things to serve Him, your whole mindset changes. Your whole life starts to change and in five years, I've gone from not wanting to come to church to... I mean, when I had to wake up, my alarm went off on Sunday mornings. A lot of times, I was mad. I was like, why does this have to go off? You know. But now, I'm excited to come to church. I don't even have to set alarms a lot of times. I'm excited. I want to be there and meet people. I want to be there and learn and study. And it all starts by getting a little bit involved. And If you're wondering, again, why I chose the title for the sermon, Seize the Souls, because this is kind of our life story. We decided to give what we, what the talents that we've been given, and that was, was farming, something that we understood, something that we were comfortable with. And it led to us doing things that we were uncomfortable with. It led to us doing things that were out of our norm, were out of our, was out of our comfort zone, to pre- preaching and teaching and, and being having all these other doors and opportunities open for us. So I want, to, I want to challenge you today to think about your own life. I want to challenge you today to think about your own situation your education, the job that you're in, the people that you get to be around daily. All of you have unique opportunities to influence a lot of different people. People that I will never see, people that your preacher will never see, people that your elders will never see. You all have a unique opportunity to use the gifts that you have to teach others about the gospel. You all have unique opportunities to, to use the gifts that you have to encourage one another. Um... I'm, I'm a big sports guy. I cannot relate to people who are good with computers and, and the gaming side of things. That's just not something I'm good at. It's not something I'm passionate about. But there are people who are, who are super brilliant and understand computers and they love that, the gaming stuff. You can reach people that I can never reach. See, each of us have our own talents, our own passions and things, and we can use those to teach others about Christ. We can use those to build relationships within the church to strengthen the church. And I think that's what Paul was saying here. That is our job as Christians, no matter, no matter what you are good at, no matter what talent, no matter how small or how many, we have to use those to serve Him. We have to use those to strengthen the church. We have to use those to strengthen our congregation. We use those to strengthen ourselves. So that's one of the biggest reasons why I love what I get to do is because I'm always challenged and I'm always getting to strengthen my own faith, my own soul. And that's very important. And we have to use these talents and use these skills to do that. Don't, don't be the one talent man. And I say this because I used to be him. But there's a way out. And that starts by just getting involved. By stepping out of your comfort zone just a little bit. By doing things that you may not necessarily feel comfortable doing, may not necessarily have ever done before. But when you do these things, when we turn these talents and gifts over to God, He opens up more doors for us. He leads us into things that we may never thought that we could be doing. If you would ask me five, six years ago would I ever be standing up in front of someone preaching, I laughed at you. Even my friends think it's hilarious because I almost failed public speaking. I was a terrible public speaker. And I was a straight A student, but public speaking was I just couldn't do it. I would get nervous, my knees would start shaking, I'd start stuttering. And I always feel like I was going to puke. Like right before even even in classroom but when I had that thing. But when we give those things over to God, He takes care of you. He helps lead you into other aspects of service that we never would have expected to be doing. So I challenge you today to think about your talents, think about your passions, think about things in your life that you can turn over to your church, to God, that you can use to serve Him, that you can use to serve others. And we do so with the right attitude. We do so out of humbleness. We do so out of love. We do so because we care for others not to be seen by others. If we do that, the church will grow. Our own faith, our own love, our own Christianity will grow. And we can be the church and the congregation that, that the Lord wants us to be. So I challenge you today to, to think about those things. So if there's anything that the church can do for you, if you need prayers or there's things in your lives that you need to confess and, and tell the church that we can pray for you, I pray that you would come forward as we're about to stand and sing this song. Or maybe you haven't started this walk. Maybe you haven't you know, put on Christ through baptism. If, if the church can be of any help for you today, we pray that would, The day would be the day. Thank you.